John 19.25 is, uh, is the story of the cross. And in verse 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, or his mother's sister, and Mary the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. There's a lot right there. There's a lot right there in those few verses of Scripture. And so we want to just unpack some of that today. But the very, uh, as we look at this last statement Jesus made um, on the cross on, on Mother's Day, I want to give you some, just four lessons or three lessons Jesus teaches us about the importance of relationships. How many of you know relationships are important? How many of you know relationships are of utmost importance? And when, we, when Jesus is hanging on the cross, I mean, remember, you know, he's gone through all these trials. He's been beaten with a cat of nine tails. His, his back is bloody. His body is unrecognizable. He's been humiliated. He's been, the crown of thorns has been forced in his skull. He's been nailed to the cross. He can't breathe. He's trying to survive. And yet he utters out these statements from the cross. And, uh, and one of those statements that he makes is uh, when Jesus looks down and sees his mother in the crowd, and, and whenever the scripture says, he said, dear woman, you know, it might seem like he's being sarcastic or disrespectful, but that's not at all what he's saying. I mean, think about what he's doing. He's, bar- he's barely got any life in him, and he looks down at his mom, and he says, mom, see John? John, see my mom? Take care of her. That's what he's saying. Take care of her. Even in the point of Jesus in this excruciating suffering, takes a moment to acknowledge his mom and to care for her needs. So what does that teach us? Well, lesson number one, Jesus teaches us the importance of honoring our parents. In Matthew chapter 15 and 18, Jesus said, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. Isn't that right? And so here is Jesus in this moment where he's about to, he's about to leave this earth. He's about to fulfill his father's purpose. Out of his heart comes mom, John, John, mom. What is he saying? If you want to know what's in Jesus' heart, he had a great, great amount of compassion and love for his mother. That's what you see there. Because of what's in someone's heart will come out in the, in the words they speak. It's quite obviously, as Jesus uttered those words, obviously, Jesus was very concerned about the welfare and the future of his mother. It's interesting to note that in the midst of his tremendous pain and suffering, Jesus is focused not on what he's going through, not on what he's dealing with. He's focused on her, on her needs. And her future. Isn't that amazing? It's really amazing. Instead of being concerned about or focused on his pain, he's worried about his mom. Jesus modeled obedience to the fifth commandment. Remember the fifth commandment in Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord God is giving you. You know, somebody said there is no statute of limitation 
to this commandment. We are to honor our parents, not just while we are living under their roof, but as long as they're alive and as long as we're alive, we need to honor our parents. Is that right, brothers and sisters? This is not the fifth suggestion. This is the fifth commandment. And so honoring our parents is not optional. It's a biblical requirement for all followers of Christ. This is the this is the requirement. Honor means to respect. It means to highly value. It's it means to put great worth on. And that's what the scripture is saying. Put great value, could put great worth. Now, our job as followers of Christ is to model Jesus. He's our mentor. Not people in in Hollywood. But Jesus is to be our model, right? Not somebody who crosses the goal line or shoots a hoop. Jesus is to be our model, right? And here it's clear that Jesus is modeling that he put great value and honor on his mom. And so are we required to honor our parents, even if they've been horrible parents, abusive, negligent? Are we supposed to honor them anyway? I, th- I think the answer is yes. Now, that's not so easy. It's not so easy. Sometimes it's not so easy to honor those that are, are hard to honor because of their behavior. Is that right? But listen, we don't have to honor our parents' behavior, but we need to honor their position as our parents. Isn't that right? And so listen to this. In Matthew 5, 43, Jesus said, you've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And that way you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. What is this verse saying? The Lord requires us to love even our enemies. And listen, you know, our culture is so messed up. Listen, while people stand in positions of influence and tell us and try to continually erode the family unit, do you realize the mess that we're in because of the erosion of the family unit? I mean, we are in a messed up culture because of the erosion of the family unit. And so listen, because there's been so much erosion in the family structure, man, listen, there are some children that have grown up in in environments that it would be very, very difficult for them to be able to honor the person that abused them, neglected them, was so harsh, mistreated them, and did all this. And then so now they have this mandate on them by the scripture that they to honor them. But I just want to remind you that the Lord says, listen, we are to love even our neighbors. Amen. So listen, we might not be able to honor their behavior, but we can certainly honor their position, their role as our parents. Amen. Remember, God honors those who honor their parents. There's a motivation here for us to put value on our parents, even though they might have not been the best parents. In Ephesians 6, 2 and 3, the Bible says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You know, so listen, God will honor and bless those who make a decision to honor their parents. And he says, listen, there's a twofold promise blessing there. He says, if you will honor your parents, it will go well with you. Now, listen, this is an IQ test. How many of you want your life to go well? It's an IQ test. If you don't want your life to go well, you need counseling. 
You need therapy, is that right? And he says, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now listen, for those of you that are single and not yet married, let me kind of clue you in on something. If you're interested in somebody in the opposite sex, young ladies, if you're interested in a young man, pay attention to how that young man treats his mom. Because the way that he treats his mom is exactly how he's going to treat you. And so listen, young men, if you're interested in young ladies, pay attention to what kind of respect they have in the home. Because if they don't respect their mom and their parents, it's a good chance that you're going to get your fair share of that if you marry them. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? Now, two things you got to remember if you marry somebody that don't know how to respect and honor their elders, specifically their parents. Number one, you have to consider the Bible says if they honor, it's going to go well with them. Consider what happens if they don't honor. It may not go well with them. So how many of you want to jump in that partnership real quick? And then the other thing is that, you know, remember, they'll probably treat you just like their parents. Don't think because you get married that it's all going to change. So remember, whenever the Bible encourages us to honor our parents, we got to remember that God honors those who honor our parents. That's a motivation. Amen. Amen? Remember, we're planting seeds that we're going to reap for a lifetime. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And he says, so listen, some children have a lot of resentment and a lot of bitterness towards their parents, towards their mother, towards their father. And it's understandable. But listen, I just want to encourage you. You know, some some children don't even speak to their mother. Because the resentment is so strong. But let me encourage you. Forgive them and break the curse. Forgive them. It's not worth ruining your life because of their bad choices and decisions. Forgive them. Break the curse off your children. Amen? Because you got to remember, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. You know, I remember counseling a lady uh, many years ago. And, and she she said, Todd... I don't understand it. My children don't want to talk to me. I said, really? And she was crying. She was brokenhearted. They don't want to talk to me. I mean, I raised these kids. I've changed their dirty diapers. I've fed them. I've cried with them. I've, I've stayed up all night with them. I've done all this. And they don't want to talk to me. And so I'm just trying to help. And I'm just talking and asking questions. And it wasn't long before I, you know, I just said, well, tell me about your relationship with your, my mom. It's like, oh. And I quickly realized she had not talked to her mother in years. And she thought it was okay, but now she's got children and the harvest is coming in. Are y'all with me out there? So here's another motivation for us. God will honor you if you honor your, your parents. But number two, you're planting the right seeds. You know, I heard one lady tell me, she said, I treat my mother-in-law real nice because the Lord showed me that one day I'm going to be a mother-in-law. She got it. Amen. Come on. Are y'all, come on. Do you get it? If you get it, say, I got it. So listen, 
If you want children to forgive you, you need to forgive them. Forgive your parents. Amen. Lesson number two, Jesus teaches us to love unconditionally. You know, Jesus loved others regardless of what he was going through. In other words, he didn't say, man, listen, I'm going through a lot. Get out of my way and just, you know, rip people up in, along his path. He loved people even though he wasn't being loved. It's not like he had received so much love while he was being crucified that his heart was overwhelmed with love to love other people. But no, he cared for people even though he wasn't being cared for. What does that tell us? That Jesus loved unconditionally. You know, listen, it's, it's easy to love people when our motive is selfish and self-centered. We love people for what we can get out of it. A lot of our love is, is self-centered. We love just because we, we want it back in return. But it's another thing to love unconditionally, which means no strings attached, not requiring anything in return. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16, 14, let all that you do be done with love. In other words, it's saying love others unconditionally. You know, listen, the world loves. But God's church has a love that goes beyond the world's love. The world's love is conditional. But the God love, the agape love, is love unconditionally. God loved us while we were yet sinners. Another way to say that is God loved us when we weren't very lovable. Amen? And that same love that loved us to the cross is the same love that He puts in our heart, and we are to love unconditionally. Amen? And so even in his mistreatment, he has time to and has place to love his mother and others. And remember, he, he forgot he forgave the thief on the cross. He's worried about the crowd. He's not worried about what they you know, he's not saying, Lord, strike them dead. He's saying, Lord, forgive them. He was full of love. And so God calls us to love others unconditionally. Amen. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have no right to love unconditionally. You got to get to the next level and you got to learn to love unconditionally. Why? Because that's your mentor. That's what he does. He loves unconditionally. And that's what we should be like, like our mentor, Jesus Christ. Amen. So how do you do that? How do you love others unconditionally? Well, first of all, it means that I care for my family. You know, before Jesus saved the world, he cared for his family. And so what he calls us to do is love our family. First Timothy 5.8 says, If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So in other words, loving others unconditionally first starts at home. Let's see, one, two, amen. Maybe I should say it in Spanish or in French. Or in Kajan. How many of you would agree? Loving unconditionally starts in the home. Amen. Amen? Listen to this. Colossians 3.19. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. And all the wives said. Amen. Ephesians 5.33 says, However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. And all the men said. And in Ephesians 6, 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And all the parents said, 
And then Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And all the children said, what's all these commandments saying? They're saying love needs to start in the home. That's what it's saying. Listen, the greatest indication of our spiritual maturity is our ability to love. I don't know if you got that, so let me say it again. The greatest indication of our spiritual maturity is not prophesying. It's not casting out devils. It's not teaching a Bible study. It's not singing like an angel. The greatest indication of our spiritual maturity, hands down, no second, is our love for one another. Amen? And so number two... And the greatest indication of our ability to love is seen not in our ability to go love the homeless. Our greatest ability and indication of our love is to be able to love in our home. If you can't love in your home, your lover is broken. Come on, y'all with me. Help me. Amen. So don't come to church and smile and say, Jesus, hallelujah, and go beat your wife. Shame on you. Come on. I don't know why I just said that, but somebody might need to hear it. So listen, if your love isn't working at home, it's not working. Amen. So number one, loving unconditionally. First, I care for my family. Number two, I give them my, I give people, I give them my full attention. Listen, we know Jesus loved his mother. Why? He gave her his full attention. It wasn't the prime time for him to be worried about his mom. Right. It wasn't like he was not busy, so now he could love her. He's hanging on the cross, excruciating pain. He looks into the crowd and he sees his mother. And he says, Mom. Mom. See John over there. He's my best friend. He's got a heart bigger than you could ever imagine. He loves like nobody I know. Jesus. I mean, uh, mother, go, go connect with John. And he could talk to John and say, John, I know what you're about. And of everybody in this crowd, I need your help. And I need you to help my mom. Mom, go live with John. John, take care of my mom. And he had full assurance that she was going to be cared for. So what that teaches is that loving others means we give them our full attention. The greatest gift you can give somebody is not money. It's your attention. Your attention is more valuable than money. Your attention is more valuable than monetary stuff. Why is it so valuable? Why is giving people your full attention so valuable? Because whenever you give your, whenever you give somebody your attention, you're giving them time. And your life is time. So when you give somebody your attention, you're giving them your life. And the Bible says in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Amen. So listen, giving people your attention says to the other person, I respect you, I honor you, I value you, you matter to me. 
Amen? Amen. Y'all ready to move to the next part? Loving others unconditionally means I care for their needs. See, as Jesus looked at his mother, he was concerned. What's going to happen to her when I go? She, she's, a, you know, she's a widow. What, what, who's going to care for her? Who's going to take care of her? So he was worried about her needs. Jesus knew that she would have needs. And so again, he asked John to take care of her. So what, what that's telling us is that unconditional love requires us to care for the needs of others. Remember this lawyer that tried to trick Jesus and he asked him this question. Hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He really wasn't interested. He was trying to trick him. And remember what Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And in verse 38, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus says, loving your neighbor as yourself is the second greatest commandment. There's only one thing that's more important than loving our neighbors as ourselves, and that's to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. So the lawyer then asks a second question. Okay, if loving your neighbor is the second greatest commandment, he asks a second question in Luke 10, 29. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who do I have to love, man? Everybody? I mean, do you know the people that I work with? I mean, where does this end? I mean, this is ridiculous. Who is my neighbor? And so Jesus says, okay, let me tell you a story. Okay, a man's going down the road. Some robbers come and rob him. Take all everything, beat him up, throw him in the ditch to die. He's bleeding, he's dying. And this pastor comes by on his way to preach a sermon and he sees him in the ditch. And he's like, man, that dude had a bad night. And he goes to church and preaches sermon on unconditional love. Probably. And so then the worship leader, a Levite, they're on their way to, to sing praises. To lead the congregation in a great chorus of praise. The Levite sees the man dying, bleeding, and he says, oh, man, I hope somebody sees about that guy. I'm going to church. Then he said this third person a despised Samaritan, people that people looked down at and thought had no value, no worth. This guy's going down the road, sees the man in the ditch, and he's like, oh my goodness. Goes down in the ditch, takes of his own resources. In fact, let me read it to you. In Luke 10, 33, a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them, and he put the man on his own donkey, his own donkey, and took him to an inn where he took care of him. He took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man, and if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus said? Or Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go do the same. So what Jesus, Jesus said, only one of those three people showed mercy and tended to the needs of the man. You know, listen, sometimes we're too quick to give people a chapter and a verse. But we don't want to get off our high horse and reach the robber that's in the ditch bleeding. 
Come on, are y'all with me? Is is this? Come on. You know, we say, I don't know why people won't listen to me. Well, maybe it's because you didn't get down in the ditch with them yet. Maybe it's because they haven't noticed that you really had compassion for them yet. That you really cared. Are you all with me out there? So listen, Jesus said, I tell you, the one that was really a neighbor was the one that went to help him. And so loving others conditionally requires that we care for the needs of others. And by the way, we have to be looking around to see the needs of others, right? Amen? Okay, lesson number three. The third lesson Jesus teaches us is I must care for the family of believers. John is a model of the church family. Hey, listen. Mary wasn't John's mother. It was Jesus' mother. Jesus, what are you putting that on me for? That's not my mom. I mean, come on, you expect me to take care of somebody else? How ridiculous of a thought is that? Well, not so ridiculous in the body of Christ. Because Jesus teaches us through John that I must treat other believers as family. Amen? John didn't, didn't have a dialogue with Jesus and say, but Jesus... That's not my mom. Don't you? You have some half-brothers. Where's James? I mean, shouldn't that be James's burden? I mean, I'm not the only guy around here. But no, John didn't have a, you know, he didn't, he didn't try to talk his way out of it. He said, I got it, Jesus. I got it. As his disciples, we are to take care of one another. Even taking on the role of a parent, a child, a brother, or a sister, if the need presents itself. Listen, for a long time I went to church, but I had no clue that the church is supposed to be a family. Supposed to be a family. We're all brothers and sisters. So we're supposed to care for one another. Amen. Come on, y'all with me? Help me preach out here today. How many of you would have felt very privileged and honored if Jesus had asked you while you were standing there of all the crowd and he had confidence in you to say, hey, would you take care of my mom? How many of you would have been blessed to have that privilege? Well, listen, we need to see that anyone that has needs within the body of Christ It's just like taking care of Jesus's mother. Let me show you what the Bible says in Matthew 12, 46. Jesus was speaking to the crowd. His mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. And someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and he said, look, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Wow. So Jesus, in other words, Jesus saying that, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you follow him, he looks at you as his brother, as his sister. And so if he if he wants to help somebody, he's going to look to you and I to help him. Amen. We're all brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. 
So what I want you to see this morning, listen, every elderly lady that's in this church, I want you to see her as the mother of Jesus. Every elderly man that you see in this congregation, I want you to look at him and respect him as Jesus's father. Every young lady that you see, look at that young lady as the the sister of Jesus. Every young man as the brother of Jesus. Listen, as you see every child in this church, look at them as Jesus's child. Amen. Are y'all with me? This is God's family. How do you treat your family? Hopefully good. That's the way we're supposed to treat one another. Listen what 1 Timothy 5.1 says. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother. And treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. So what is Timothy saying? Hey, you're all one big family here. Care for one another. Come on, are y'all grabbing a hold of this? This is the family. And listen, the more that our culture gets disintegrated and falls apart, the more valuable the church family is. The more, the more powerful the church family is. And that's why people that come broken off the street and come and, and, and get trip into the church and they fall in and they get plugged into the body of Christ. If they stay there long enough, the Bible says it's like getting planted in God's greenhouse. They're going to get loved. They're going to get cared for. They're going to get nurtured. They're going to be strengthened. Why? Because God has some grandmas in his body. Amen. And God has some spiritual daddies in his body. And when everybody else might not believe in you, somebody in God's body is going to believe in you, put value on you and help you out. Amen. That's the function of the body of Christ. So we are to treat each other in church the same way we should treat our own family. Now, in today's day, I'm not sure you could say that 100%. I mean, you got people beating up their own parents. Children beating up, you know, parents beating up their children. Romans 12, 9 says, love sincerely, hate evil, hold on to what is good. Be devoted to each other as a loving family. Excel in showing respect for each other. Be devoted to one another as a loving family, the Bible says. Devoted means to care for one another, help one another, support one another. You know, they got all these commands in the Bible that says, love one another, support one another, carry each other's burdens. All these one another commands that there's no way that we can fulfill and obey unless we get in the body of believers. Amen? Because he's talking to the church. And he's saying, love one another. Galatians 6.10, when we have the opportunity to help anyone, we should do it. But we should give special attention to those who are in the family of believers. Why is the apostle saying we need to give special attention to the family of believers? Because it's Jesus's family. Amen. Are y'all with me? So we are to give special attention. You know, listen, 
You know, it was such a blessing. I, I got I went walk around a couple of times yesterday while this whole all change thing is going on. And man, under the canopy here, they got people, you know, scrubbing, washing cars, you know, and spraying each other down every once in a while. But washing cars and and then you, you, you went into the, to, you know, like the A building there where nursery and all that. And man, they got they got people on this thing and they get massaged. I mean, I got, you know, envy hit me whenever I saw that. But they're just getting massaged and ladies getting their nails done. And they got all these fine snacks and stuff. And them guys under there, man, big burly guys just taking off air, uh, all filters and changing all. And they're full of oil. And they got this big, great big old grin on their face. They're happy. They're happy. And they're out here giving up their day and serving. I think they might know something that we all need to know. They were changing the all of Jesus' sister. Amen. They were changing the all of Jesus' mama. Amen. They, they, were t- they were pampering the body of Christ, the family of God, and they were just enjoy doing it. Amen. Now, I have a sneaky suspicion that God in heaven was taking note. Because, I mean, he knows when every bird falls out of the sky. He knows when every hair falls off my head. Ain't nothing passed by him. I think he might have just been making some notes. In fact, there might be people getting blessed this week because he's like, man, you helped my mama out. Man, you took care of my daughter. You took care of my sister. I am so glad about that. You're blessing my children. Are y'all with me out here? The church is a family. And we are to care for the family. Amen. I've got good news and i got bad news. The good news is you never, ever have to go without family as long as you are alive and you're part of a local church family. That's the good news. Amen. Now, here's the bad news. You got a large family to love on. You got a whole lot of brothers and sisters. So you better stay close to God and get your heart filled with love because you're going to need a lot of it. Amen. So listen, imagine the power of the church. If we do what God tells us to do and care for one another, love one another, put value on one another, man, respect one another, esteem one another. Don't be ugly. Don't be critical. Don't be judgmental. Don't cut each other up. But let's love and support one another. The world, Jesus said, are going to look in and see that and say, man, that's some disciples right there. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. Come on, stand with me. Let's close in prayer. Let's just take a moment right now. Would you just kind of just just close your eyes, maybe just. Come on, let this sink in for just a little bit. I I just want to go over this just real quick. The importance of honoring our parents. You know, I know. I know. It's been very difficult. How do you honor somebody that all they do is criticize you, cut you down, won't let you talk, won't value your opinion? Not concerned about you. How do you honor somebody like that? Sometimes it can be very difficult. But Jesus knows what it's like to honor people that didn't deserve it. He's praying for people that nailed him to the cross. So listen, I know that, man, I can't imagine being neglected, abused, all that rejected. But if you're here today, 
Even if you're even if your mom is no longer alive, you can make a decision today. You know what? Because the Lord wants me to do it in my heart, I'm going to honor them. And I'm going to forgive them for every wrong, every hurt. So maybe maybe you having trouble with your children right now. And God can turn that around, but just you make the decision. As for me, I'm just going to in my heart that's my mom. She gave birth to me. And I'm going to honor. You know, if you read Proverbs, the Bible talks about people that don't honor their parents. It doesn't say nice things. But on the other hand, it says, man, the blessings of those that honor. So right there where you are, in your, in your heart, could you maybe just forgive your mom if you need to? Just release her or your dad. Just release them and just make the decision not going to hold it against them i mean listen more than likely if our parents were abusive it's because they were abused more than likely and there's been a generational curse on our family lineage but come on let's break it this morning let's break it this morning amen now listen god calls us to love unconditionally before we go out there in the world and try to you know reach all the down and outers Come on, how about love in our home? Come on, how about we love each other in our house? No screaming and shouting and harsh treatment. How about we just start putting value on one another? Parents on, on, on our spouses and, and our husbands on wives and wives and husbands. And, come on, what about we start respecting our parents in our home? Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, how many of you willing to just love unconditionally? Look, come on, can we start in the home? Listen, your life will change. Listen, you're, I don't care if everybody else is doing it. You're different. You're not going to be like everybody else because you're a Christ follower. And Christ followers go against the grain. They don't do what everybody else is doing. Amen? And that's for you and your house. There's going to be love in that house. No more contention and strife. No more backbiting and all, all that stuff. In Jesus' name, I'm declaring that over your household right now. Amen? Come on, gang. How about we love one another like never before in this church? Amen? Come on, how about we pay attention to other people that are hurting and maybe reach out, come alongside of them, put our arm around them and see how we can support them. Amen. I believe God can use this church in a great way in our community if we'll just do what he tells us to do. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Amen. Jesus was our example. He, he was our role model. Man, in the hardest time of his life, he chose to love unconditionally, to reach out to his parents and to cause his heart to just uh, to be explode with compassion for the needs of his mom. I want to be a John. How many of you want to be a John? I want the Lord to pick me out of the crowd and say, hey, hey, John, come over here. Come on, how many of you want to be that person? Listen, he's not looking for somebody who knows the Bible backwards and forwards. John was known as the man of love. He was the disciple of love. Amen. All you need to be used of God is love. Amen. Love, that's all we need. How many of you can do that? Because love is a choice, all of us can do it. Father God, thank you for your grace here today. Thank you for your hand of blessing here today. Thank you for your touch here today. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray. Lord, break harshness, break hardness. God, break bitterness. God, break its hole right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you. 
God for touching hearts today. Listen, one more thing before we go. You might be here today and you might not be a Christian. You might have never surrendered your life to Christ. I tell you, what we're talking about, you can never do because we can only do that through the strength of God. And I want to just encourage you today. Listen, until you become a Christian, you can't experience what we're talking about today. So listen, everybody else is going to be praying for you. Everybody that knows they're a Christian is praying right now for you. If you know you're a Christian, just begin praying. Now listen, if you don't know for sure that you're a Christian, listen, don't even, don't even wonder about it. Don't even, don't even leave any room for doubt. Some people like the enemy can just talk them out of, you can't expect God to bless you. You're not even, you're not even a Christian. And that's the devil that will try to keep you there. But I'll tell you what, the Lord loves you so much. He, he, he loves you just like he cared for his mom. He cares for you and he wants to reach out to you today. And so if you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I don't know for sure. I'm a Christian, but I want to know for sure. And would you pray a special prayer for me? If that's you, raise your hand high right now. And I want to pray that prayer. Come on, raise your hand high because this is your day to get your heart filled with love. Raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful because this is your day. Listen, if you, if you don't know for sure you're a Christian, I want you to pray this prayer with me as I pray with this young man. Sir, just say this, Lord Jesus, I need your love. I'm sorry, Lord, for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I need your help. Help me, Jesus. I want to be in your family. I need your love. Would you accept me? Would you allow me to be in your family today? I want to be one of your followers. And I surrender to you this day. Thank you, Jesus. For accepting me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. In Jesus' name. 